It's a bitch hunt. 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 Stealing a bunch of music is still hot and fresh in the news right now. Yeah, man, that was such a bummer because there are a lot of very vintage songs that I lost in that horrible data jumble. Did you look on the Dangerous Grapes MySpace page? Yeah, I actually, I was like ahead of the story. I contacted them last October asking for my, I, I like very, very rarely, I'm quite loath to contact customer support about anything. Except for, on, really, except for on Blueberry. <laughs> yeah, except for on Blueberry. But like they, like they got back to me in, I think I contacted them on October 3rd or 4th or something. And they got back to me on December 4th, <laughs> like about wow. two months later. And they were like, yeah, we were like switching databases in 2016 and we lost all music prior to 2016. Sorry. That's so shitty. And I kind of was just like, well, you know, the internet dies slowly, right? Whatever. Um, but then like now it's really blown up in the news. Like a lot of people are really upset about it. I mean, in MySpace's defense, or at least in uh, MySpace customer services defense, it's probably like one person operating out of a shack somewhere. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like I I actually thought it might even be harder like you'd have to do a real um like bang on the doors of like the corporate entity that that like ate up MySpace or whatever and like threaten publishing a really big hit piece on them or something. But like I'm they do still have one that. person in their customer service department just like answering tens of thousands of angry emails a day you know <laughs> i went to their website recently because i i just think that the existence of myspace is pretty funny at this point <laughs> oh yeah definitely. And you know how you can auto sign up for a lot of online services using various social medias mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like sign up with facebook sign up with whatever mm-hmm. you can do that for myspace you can sign up with your Facebook account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so sad. I remember seeing that. That's such, yeah, like, that's, that's such a defeatist uh, attitude for MySpace to take. It's really a shadow of its former... It's not even its former self. It's like some copycat website own, like got the rights to the to the name MySpace and put up a site. Like it's it's It used to be so great and well, it has fallen so far. Well, the, you know what this means is that Pitch Hunt should buy the domain from them and just turn it into a full <laughs> Pitch Hunt. Email us at myspace.com. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get that will at myspace.com email. Well, but getting getting back to, to our personal story. Oh, yeah. Well, you should. Can you explain who the Dangerous Grapes are? The Dangerous Grapes are a band that were primarily active, like the, the sort of heyday of the Dangerous Grapes was about 2003 to about 2009, I would say. 2003 um, is a bit early. Yeah, it's pretty early. You're uh, right. Maybe, maybe not. Well, so when was... I think um, we were probably in 8th grade, raindrops? so closer to 05, 04. I feel like raindrop raindrops oh, maybe wasn't dangerous grapes. It was like a a precursor. D- raindrops to- was was that everybody's first garage band song or just mine? It was mine too. 
I, I think I might have not not even been been in the dangerous scrapes at that point. It was it was it was before before we had a title. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> then, I guess. But we were a band, people. Yeah, but I'm then a, like we were a band I'm and a, we were good. I really hate you and lips collide. That was I think that that all was like two thousand early two thousand five maybe. I, probably about two thousand five. I feel like yeah. the, the band really came into its own around Give Me a Tug. Oh, I forgot about, yeah, Give Me a Tug was kind of like our first big hot sing, single. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Uh, will, you, will you sing a little bit of that for me? I think that this one's Luke's tune. It is. I, I forgot that it existed. <laughs> I don't even, I remember the title, but I have no clue what it sounded like. Oh, it, it went, there's a hole in my pocket so that I can rub my force could cover dick. I'll give you a tug. I'll give you a tug. I, I feel like our early, um, our Wait, that, early that material been, was a lot of, that could have like, been a Luke tune then. No, I, it was, a, the way our band was configured in the early days was Luke would sing these like really like, um, kind of Pearl, like in a sort of a Pearl jammy voice, you know, like really like deep, like masculine, like I, I I'm, I'm just going to sing a bunch of like cigar swan songs, you know, but like about foreskins and whatever, you know, well, and then I, I, I had like only just saying, gone though? through puberty and I, I like had this really high, like sort of. <laughs> angelic voice choir boy voice and i would kind of just sing these like beautiful things in the background you know i i don't disagree with that but i feel like at the very least you must have written that song no i'm pretty sure luke luke was just taking the piss yeah we don't really need to go oh you wrote it from the perspective it was a song about will's addiction to masturbation (laughs) (laughs) oh that is uh that's the dangerous grapes in a nutshell i think yeah. yeah. Oh, so man. over the years, we we kept making songs, like maybe every four months or so. Much to my chagrin, because I had and, I had no patience for it. And by the end of high school, we looked back and realized, hey, we have a bunch of mediocre songs. We could weave a narrative through them and turn them into a musical. Yes. <laughs> and we started filming. We even we even got some girls from our high school to do choreography for it. Yeah, we like took I took my first dance classes. You took dance classes? Well, I mean, for Dangerous Grapes the musical. We had we had we had uh, our friend Allison. Um, oh, she she oh, taught us yeah. some. She taught us some dance moves because she was she was big into dance. <laughs> I didn't really know her very well, but like we had a, I had a lovely afternoon learning, learning some dance choreography that she made for us. Man, it's, yeah. it's a real shame that that never came to fruition. I also want to know why I wasn't involved in this. I'm really offended by that, at least as the videographer. I, I feel don't, like, well, yeah. hell, it's because guys? we didn't film it. What? Because yeah. we never actually filmed it. We were really in the preliminary phase of it, I think. Like we I, I think we went down into your basement, Luke, and did like the first scene where I'm supposed to come back to my house and my house is your basement. <laughs> That's just <a sad laughs> for the listeners thing. out there is like th- there were like it was just like a complete like a, a complete dungeon yeah. of dankness yeah. and there was like dead squirrels in there. My house was 120 years old. <laughs> this, house and this basement was just It's the kind of basement that you'd expect to see on like a news story about some <laughs> horrific like dungeon where a deranged psychopath was yeah, keeping people shackled up. Yeah, it was very Silence of the Lambs this yeah. basement. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, and we had some good. Uh, I mean, I actually like. I I feel like those songs have got to be out there somewhere. But but those A few newer, of them are. those newer Dangerous Grapes, the musical songs were actually like pretty quality. I'm very proud of. I I like like did some real like co- like composing to get them. You know, yeah, musical you, quality. You were you yeah. Were, the, you're, we'll play like 15 seconds of Strange Man. Oh man! <laughs> right now. That was a great for your listening pleasure. There is a strange man looking at me through the window as I change my clothes, as I change my clothes. And I can see him reach for something in his pocket. What it is, I don't know. What it is, I don't know. Man, that All right, really, that probably happened, right? That brings me back <laughs> as I imagine that. That was a really good song, though. I had forgotten about that one. Yeah, the Will and I are in harmony the whole song. <laughs> That's a, a level of musicianship. No we learned disrespect. harmony just for that. Yeah, I was going to say, no disrespect to the, the Dangerous Grapes, but that's like that's the most harmonious song that you guys probably ever made. Yeah, it was a far cry from Give Me a Tug. We'll just say that. <laughs> you, you, came, you came a long way. Yeah. You blossomed and, from some dangerous raisins. Wait. <laughs> that, we Benjamin buttoned from some go. dangerous raisins to... <laughs> You dropped some dangerous dangerous raisins into a glass of water and they became beautiful, dangerous grapes. Yeah. But I guess the the whole point of this story is that we never made the musical that we were born to make. So now we have to pitch some new ones. Absolutely. True dat. Um, So I have realized that I think we kind of force Will to go first like most times. Yeah. So I feel like Luke... Either you or I should go first this time. Sure. I can go first. All right. But also, since Will never prepares anything, I feel like it doesn't matter what it, order it, he goes in. <laughs> it, do- it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Just for the sake of shaking things up. I spent a little bit of prep time this week, okay. but on... On the wrong things. Oh. I got nowhere with my plot, so just a heads up. Okay. But I, I did pick the the actors. My film will open up... On Gabe Ruth. Gabe Ruth. <laughs> yeah. Is he a baseball player? <clears throat> he no, he's not. A- he's played by uh, Donald Glover. Ooh. Ooh. So this is a a play on his Gambino moniker. Okay. It's like Babe Ruth was the great Bambino. Oh. He changed oh. Bambino to G, so I'm changing Babe That's to That's very a, clever. To Gabe. That went right over my head up until you explained it very explicitly. Yeah, it, it didn't make a lot of sense, but... It does now. But I ran with it. It's clever. And he's an intergalactic soldier. Oh, boy. Wow. So the, the film opens up on him. He's doing some battle, right, on a this kind of foreign-looking planet. He's but battling it, aliens? Well, he's not battling aliens. He's actually... He's got this, like, laser gun... It's got a laser bayonet on it. Ooh. And as he's fighting, the sounds of the bayonet and the gun are forming the beat of a song. Oh, my God. Oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> uh, um, please, please beatbox for us what that would sound like. Let's just, <laughs> let's just pretend I did, and then we can insert something that sounds dope and post. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> So it'll be really pew pewy, right? Yeah, just just lots of pews. Awesome. Pew pew. Um, so 
the opening number that he's singing is called Kill Botched. Mm. And it's a song about how his efforts to stop the killbots have failed. <laughs> oh, that's, man, you, you've loaded up on some really good wordplay. I was going to say, this is heavier on the puns than I'm used to from you, Luke. Usually that's, that's, Will's, that's Will's bag. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Will. This is what happens when you don't go first. I just jump <laughs> in there. You use up there the whole no pun quota. In <laughs> so his troop is around him, right? And they're just getting mowed down left and right by these... Killbots. Now, is that troop with two O's or troop with an O and a U and an E? It's uh, with with two O's. <laughs> okay. Can you uh, tell me the the sort of um, the modality, the the the, the uh, emotions of this song? Like, is it is it a dark song, a light song? Well, here's the thing. I don't know. Well, because <laughs> I got to tell you, part of this musical is that. Um, each of the actors who are also musicians write their own musical numbers. Oh, so this is totally uh, up to Donald Glover. So you're, you're delegating. <laughs> oh man, you just yeah you you abandoned your your role. Well, you didn't abandon your role. No, you outsourced your role. He's just a creator. It's a, it's a stylistic choice. I think it's going to be a really cool like mishmash of styles. And do they have to do each each pick a style from a different decade? <laughs> i mean maybe i, I think but we, all of the decades will be from far far in the future uh it's gonna be the time, of their time. wow yeah so you're gonna have to contact donald glover to get him to to play a little sample of this and then insert that into this episode you realize that right yeah that shouldn't be too hard no boy i'm really excited to hear who else you've cast for this then with, sure. the, with the chops of singing and acting and songwriting. Well, we know that, that Donald can pull it off. Definitely. So He's extremely talented. I'm, I'm hoping that I, I picked some other good ones. So he is surrounded by these kill bots, right? And they force him and the remaining survivors to surrender to them. And that's where the movie starts. I should mention at this point that the kill bots, all of them, are played by Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, <laughs> fuck yes! Now singing chops, check. Songwriting chops, check. Acting chops. She's one of the most unproven actors who I've cast, she, but call she's me playing a video, robot. She does a good job, job in. And like, if there's anything better than Carly Rae Jepsen, which there's not currently, right. you've you've come up with it, which is multiple Carly Rae Jepsens. <laughs> <laughs> so the Jepsons force Gabe Ruth to surrender. And then Hold on. next scene oh, we get we get our next set of characters who are Tanya Ruth, his sister. Alright. Right. And Isaac Dasher, her sister's partner. Okay. Ooh, I think I know who you're gonna have cast for his sister. Oh yeah? But I I want you to say it first. Is it Janelle Monet? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> snap. Nice. And Isaac Dasher, her love interest, is played by none other than Justin Timberlake. Oh, Man. yes. Okay, yeah, that's that's a true multi-talented cast already. I'm sold. Yeah, so we see them sneaking onto a massive ship 
or not really sneaking rather, but being pulled, led onto a massive ship in shackles by a Carly Rae Jet bot. <laughs> God. I, I was going to ask earlier, uh, did you choose Carly Rae Jepsen in part because her name sounds kind of like the Jetsons? <laughs> I wish I had that foresight. <laughs> you can say that you did. What's, I mean, what, so how I have, did. You, pre- how you, have you prepared um, Carly Rae Jepsen? Like, how do you envision her to be robotic? Is she just basically like herself, but with robotic movements or does she have like a cool sort of like data from star trek sort of metal thing on her or something she will have the robotic movements i also think that maybe her eyes can can be kind of hollow and dead looking that would be oh, that'd the, be hard to pull off because she's so enchanting lively. eyes yeah oh, that's well. a it's a real asset of hers that you're just taken away i was going to suggest I have two suggestions for the Carly Rae Jepsen bots. One that uh, she be spray painted completely silver, uh, and the other being that every single one of them has a different personality and is like its own <laughs> its own wacky person. Just to really like, if you're gonna test her acting chops, you want to really test it. Yeah, just like throw really. her into the fire. <laughs> you know what? That would be great. Uh oh. But uh oh. You know how in Rogue One we get the the reprogrammed robot who has yeah. this wacky personality, exactly, and the other ro- versions of him are bad and mechanical and yeah, kind of void of personality. Uh-huh. That's going to be the case here because oh, the nice. Carly Rae Jepsen, who is leading in Justin Timberlake and Janelle Monae, <gasps> she's been reprogrammed by them because they're staging a prison break. This no. is. A prison spaceship holding mostly prisoners of war, including Gabe Ruth. So they're getting thrown into space prison in order to break out her brother. I can think of about three Guardians of the Galaxy you could throw into this scene. (laughs) I know this this will definitely have Guardians vibes, that prison scene, (laughs) except it's not going to be like short and madcap like that it's basically gonna be the great escape in space at this point oh, oh man so it's gonna be a really long drawn out methodical uh escape movie okay can we get uh donald glover's version of that iconic great escape song yeah he can definitely remix it or i mean <laughs> name him janelle monet could remix it Right. They could all have their own versions that you'll could hear we, at different times throughout the movie. Oh my god! Could we also throw in a little bit of Cool Hand Luke and and have like some dueling banjos at one point? That's you know we might be able to get a little bit of that because the captain of this ship is Tom Waits. What? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get his kind of gritty folksy persona. Oh man! Uh, and the evil warden. Who uh, makes the prisoners' lives hell? Uh huh. Is played by none other than Jared Leto. Oh, oh boy, Jared Leto! What musical stuff is he's he done? He's the front man of Thirty Seconds to Mars, yeah. man. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> the, I literally, unfortunately, only know him as the Joker, but also the guy who gets the shit beaten out of him in Fight Club. But I know he's done a bunch of other stuff. He's 
He's supposedly talented. He is. Well, he, he can is, be a good actor if cast with the right director. And I think he, he has a tendency to go a little like way too method. Uh, yeah. But I feel like in a, in an ensemble, in the right ensemble, he could be, and with the right director. Yeah. I'm assuming that you're directing Luke. Uh, yeah, I, I will be directing. Good. Good. Co-directing with the two of you. Excellent. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're correct. With the right ensemble, which is thousands of Carly Rae Jepsons, <laughs> he will thrive. <laughs> <laughs> this this movie needs to be at the very minimum like seventy percent Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> in in terms of volume, uh in terms of like when the credits rolling, I think it probably will be, right? I'm talking about in terms yeah, of screen we're, time. Yeah, we're gonna too. list her Every single time she appears, <laughs> no, these credits individual might, might go names. on for days. <laughs> I think you should also devote like at least a solid couple of minutes to the backstory of each one of those Carly Ray, uh, each one of the individual Carly Ray Jepsen bots. Yeah, they should all get their own like song and origin story. Yeah, we should get a their origin story and background on how they're one day away from retirement right before they get killed each time. <laughs> At the very least, you could have like a montage of the Carly Rae Jepsen bot factory and like have a bunch of Carly Rae Jepsen bots coming off the, coming off a line hot and fresh. Yeah. I, I love that. And singing about like whistling while they work or something. I don't know. Yeah. So you may be wondering why these killbots didn't just kill Gabe Ruth if they're killbots? I'm wondering that a little bit, yeah. Why would they take them prisoner? Yeah, why would they do that? They're not Luke? called take them prisoner bots. They're not. They could have been, but they they weren't. No. So the thing is, <gasps> the killbots are controlled by this race of people that include Tom Waits and Jared Leto, apparently. And um they live in this world where there is a giant fucking space octopus or some shit like that. <laughs> Just like hovering outside the world. And if it isn't given offerings of live people every certain number of years, then it will destroy the planet. Oh man. This is giving me some serious Moana vibes now. <laughs> so can I guess those who are it's the voiced stakes. by? They need to escape prison before they arrive at the octopus. And they also need to help all of the other prisoners of war escape. And the best way to do that is to commandeer the ship. So that's the plan. Escape and then commandeer. And the entire time that I was trying to build a pitch, it was because a while ago I had a thought that amused me. That what if there was this musical and there was a scene where there was a captain of a ship who is about to be blown out the airlock, and um, <laughs> the music swells, right? He's about to sing his swan song. And then the airlock opens. And then the airlock opens, and you hear the music still, but you just see him out in the silent void of space with his mouth flapping, and you can't hear any of the words. <laughs> so in your pitch, that would be Tom Waits. In my pitch, that would be Tom Waits. <laughs> Oh, and man. possibly also Jared Leto. It could be a two for one. Jared Leto could be starting, starting like right on the cusp of singing a really obnoxious song, and then much to the delight of all the viewers, he just sucked out into space. 
Yeah, it'd be really funny if that was the only song that gave Jared Leto to perform. <laughs> and he, he actually wrote this whole song, but he didn't get to perform it for the movie because no one likes 30 Seconds to Mars. <laughs> and there's like this huge buildup over the course of the movie about when Jared Leto's going to have his song and like he'll, he'll be super angsty about the fact that everybody gets to sing except for him. <laughs> oh, so can great. I guess who, who the space octopus is? is gonna be yeah is it jermaine (laughs) (laughs) it might just be a space crab it'll be the same character (laughs) oh man you know what maybe this won't even be set in space it'll be set underwater (laughs) (laughs) that's all it needed (laughs) well that would be too much like uh too much like gi joe the movie then because there's a lot of Star Wars feel to this already, and the ending of G.I. Joe was just basically Star Wars underwater, except really crappy. Yeah. I never saw that. Crappy, flip. but not crabby. Not, <laughs> not crabby. Not crabby enough. So, I don't really have a grand conclusion to this. Obviously, they, they send the captain out through the, the airlock and take over the ship and save everybody. Um escape the the grips of the space crab slash octopus and and that's really all there is to it but i was hoping that the two of you could help me come up with some song names oh well can i can i real quick throw throw a couple ideas for endings at you yes please so i think it would be very fitting for the space octopus to eat tom uh tom waits and or well definitely and jared leto um and it would be a little bit of poetic justice for the space octopus to be poisoned by it or something or choke on it or at the very least, like, spit Jared Leto out. This is a very anti-Jared Leto uh No. So idea. how about this? Jared Leto gets shot out the airlock. Uh-huh. He, he's having his song interrupted. <laughs> you, you're unable to hear him. And as he's about to perish in outer space, he gets picked up by, like some other vessel uh-huh but it's just like a trash ship <laughs> so he's he's about to start singing another song about how he's been saved and then they dump the trash into the octopus's mouth <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like oscar the grouch pops out and like interrupts his song with his own trash song that that would be good too i'm open to that oscar the grouch should be the should be the captain of the trash ship uh, and Jared Leto should be smashed in the trash compactor as he's about to sing a song and then dumped into the space octopus's mouth. I don't know why this is such an why we're so against Jared Leto, um, but yeah, he needs to die. He, <laughs> he's just this, probably got pitch. the most. He's got the most most flawed career, I think, of all the actors Luke picked. And he's also just like a, a psychopath. Like, did you did you hear the stories about him as the Joker? Like the the weird method shit that he did while supposedly getting into the like very seriously getting into the role of the Joker in the stupid movie. Did you hear that? (laughs) Sounds unhealthy. No, dude. He he like he sent used condoms to people just like (laughs) out of the blue because he felt like that was something that the Joker would do. So he like said, "There's just going to be a bunch of mini mini lettuce used by whom? By By him." him." I, I, apparently used by him. He like sent him to castmates and stuff, and everybody was fucking weirded out by it because it's a weird, <laughs> creepy thing to do. Do you guys remember Jesus Matt Christ. Vogel? Yeah, 
Don't tell me he's he did like that. Jared Leto's personal photographer now. Really? Yeah. Oh, I remember he did like concert photography. Yeah, even... he was he was photographing some photographing. That's the word, right? Yeah, he was doing yeah. that with some some real big names. Now he just roams around the country with Jared Leto. That's probably a pretty cool job, although licking the envelopes for packages full of <laughs> used condoms. <laughs> what if he didn't get a used condom and he feels really left out now? Yeah, what does it say about you if Jared Leto doesn't send you one? I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I would be... Maybe good things. Yeah, I'd be kind of relieved, personally. So, the the one song title that I oh, right. couldn't get my mind off of, since we do have some lovers in this film, uh-huh. Justin Timberlake and uh, Janelle Monae, uh-huh. let's get Astro Naughty tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Which they'll write in conjunction. This will be a, a dual effort. That I mean, I don't know how we're supposed to follow that up. That's perfect. I think for uh, for Carly Rae, you need something that's both robotic and like very uplifting because she's just got such an uplifting style. So maybe like robot positivity. <laughs> that's very good. I feel like on Thank that you. note, we can ship this. Yes, oh, spaceship this. Space I actually have never it. like. I actually kind of feel uh, this weird welling of sadness in my heart for this one, like not being a movie already. Like, I really, really want to see this one. So do I. I. I do think it would be a cult classic. I think it would it be would, really good. I think it would not only be a cult classic, but also be a huge box office success. That's a collection of some of the most beloved. Uh, entertainers and actors and then yeah, Jared and, Leto. And Jared Leto, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely heavily uh imply the fact that he's gonna be murdered in a gruesome way in the trailers to to get those last few people in. <laughs> All right, enough All right. enough Jared Leto bashing. Let's let's ship that. That was that was great, Luke. Yeah. You set the standard super high. Uh, I'm I'm shipping it to the stars. Space ship it to the Andromeda Galaxy. Shipping it to Uranus. Yeah! <laughs> oh man. Okay, should I I let's let's just let's just get this train wreck going. If, the if the you, Will Hardy pitch. If you want, I can go. If but if you No, 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 no. I mean, I've will, been, will you're an actual musician. Yeah. I've been prepping my voice this whole talented. time. You're quite talented. So you're going to okay. sing this whole pitch, right? Well, I was I was thinking about about you know ad libbing some stuff, you know. Please do. Um, so my my idea is kind of I'm I'm really enjoying the the sort of biographical musicals that we're, that we're that are we're getting like with with Hamilton, you know. Um, so well, I was thinking, okay. I guess Hamilton is literally maybe the only one that's super popular. Well, but. it's like, the only one that I can think of that isn't about like Freddie Mercury. That's or, what I was going to say. Or a musician. There's Freddie yeah, Mercury, yeah, yeah. and then there's the uh, the Elton John one that's coming out next next year. So it's definitely a well, thing. The idea that I have is is not for a musician. It's actually for a a tech titan. Oh boy! Ooh, I'm thinking Steve about Jobs? yeah. I'm thinking about doing Steve Jobs <laughs> oh, music. Heck yeah! <laughs> Man, um, it's been a hot so, minute since we've had a Steve Jobs movie. <laughs> I know. I I feel like I <laughs> third mean, there's time's been the charm. <laughs> that's right? it. You know, third time is the charm. So, 
Uh, I think that the, the contours of this musical are going to go quite similar to uh, the Wikipedia page for Steve Jobs that I've got <laughs> open right now. Um, he was born in San Francisco, California, and put up for adoption. Oh, what the fuck? Yes. Dramatic. There are so many good orphan musical songs, and I, I just can't wait for another. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a tech boy. I'm just a tech boy. He's going to call himself a tech boy a lot in this. <laughs> I love it. I have no family. Uh, I'm, just a, I'm just a tech boy, a turtleneck me. boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez>. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just a tech boy, a turtleneck boy. There's no place for me. Yeah. Beautiful. Anyway, so then he uh, was raised in San Francisco Bay Area. It doesn't really stipulate whether he was adopted by anyone, but let's assume that he was. He probably wasn't uh, just roaming the streets of San Francisco <laughs> as a child. I feel like we would have heard about that. Little orphan Steve Jobs. <laughs> he uh, attended Reed College in 1972 before dropping out the same year. And then he traveled to India in 1974, seeking enlightenment and studying Zen Buddhism. Wow! So we can have we can have some real fun with that one. Man, yeah, he's gonna have to meet some yogis and some like yeah. some real spiritual leaders out there. So you will know, will that portion of the film be like shot Bollywood style? Yeah, well, oh. that's what I was gonna say. Like, I don't want to take the totally obvious route, but I absolutely want to take the totally obvious <laughs> yes. route. Yes, and please. have like this extremely colorful Bollywood dance scene <laughs> with Steve Jobs, and then. Um, it says his declassified FBI report states that he used marijuana and LSD while he was in college and once told a reporter that taking LSD was one of the two or three most important things he'd done in his life. So we're going to have some like real trippy, like, definitely like, I'm I wonder tripping. what the other most important things were probably the first turtleneck that he got <laughs> <laughs> and the second turtleneck he got. <laughs> those, and he only ever the, owned two. The top this two. movie isn't going to actually talk about his career with Apple at all. It's just going to talk about the tur- all the great turtlenecks that he wore. <laughs> so he's going to have to have like a meeting scene with his his very important partner uh, Wozniak, right? Who his his name's also Steve, right? Yeah, yeah. They're both Steves. Yeah. So they could have some fun with that. We're just two Steves. The world's our oyster. We're going to make some computers and something that rhymes with oyster. In this cloister? <laughs> you know? In this cloister? Ah, <laughs> you're just way better at uh, freestyling than I am. Well, okay. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that for the sake of the song, this will just have to randomly be filmed inside a cloister. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd like to believe that's where it happened. Uh, oh man. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to derail anything, but uh, a couple casting choices could be made. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, it's, I, I thought for a second, um, who should play Steve jobs. And then I was like, I have no clue. I, I just, I, I I don't even know if I want to touch so, touch such a a weighty decision. Who have we had play Steve Jobs in the past? One was uh, Ashton Kutcher, right? And the other was Michael Fassbender, oh, yeah, yeah, who yeah. looked nothing like him. But well, he's such a great actor. Ashton, right? He Ashton actually does quite a bit. He really? did in the in the movie. He did in the role yeah. at least. Yeah, oh. they did a really good job. Uh, how give, about, him, give him a weird haircut and a turtleneck yeah. and some round glasses, and bam. My first thought is Tony Hale. <laughs> How about um, who was the, the Paul Dano? 
Oh, oh man. man. We're he just can talking, really yeah. sing, too. He killed it in the Beach Boys movie. Oh, really? Um, yeah, let's do, let's do it. Let's do Paul. Paul, yeah. You, you both picked some guys with really good teardrop-shaped heads. And <laughs> See, that's, that was the key, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but Paul Dano, he has the most teardrop-shaped head, Definitely. and he's evidently really good at singing. Definitely. And he's just a, he's a really good actor. I mean, he was in There Will Be Blood, right? Yeah, Little Miss he was, Sunshine. Yeah, he was good in that. Little yeah. And honestly, Wozniak could be anyone because who knows what he really looks like. <laughs> exactly. So it's going to be Jack Black. <laughs> oh, yes. good, good. I was going to recommend <laughs> Seth Rogen, but Jack Black's a better choice because he can sing. He can sing. Didn't, He's didn't got Seth Rogen actually play him? In- oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's probably why. That's probably why I thought of him. <laughs> I was just thinking of uh, fuzzy-faced people, like kind of he could play him teddy bear like. He could reprise his role and do it right. <laughs> Nothing. Do so, it with music. Right. So anyway, uh, Jobs and Wozniak, they, they make their, they, they get together in, in Palo Alto and they, they make that Apple One computer for the first, first time in, in their garage. I, I was thinking about doing, you know how every single musical has like a, uh, sort of like a set piece song. Uh huh. Um, and, and I was thinking either Cupertino or Palo Alto would get like get one of those, you know, Which, like everybody's just sort of like Cupertino, you know, and like and like people just like there's like a big pan down the main drag and like everybody's like coming out of their shops and and their grocery stores and stuff and just like singing in, in the beautiful California sun. I think that's a, yeah. um, that's a great idea, but Cupertino would be really hard to rhyme with. Yeah, it's uh, it's a mellifluous name, but it does it is lacking in in rhyme. I guess it's cappuccino. Yeah, Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's Al Pacino in El Cupertino. Nino. <laughs> Approximate rhymes. <laughs> I don't know. Not every song has to rhyme, and you don't have to rhyme with Cupertino. I suppose and Cupertino could be the only lyric too. Now there's an idea. Yeah, it could just be everybody's sort of. Just singing Cupertino, it's it's like it's like the hocus pocus of of set piece songs. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about this hocus, guy gets it? Talking about hocus pocus <laughs> by focus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> folks, look it up if you haven't heard it. It's great. But look up the um, live version. Yeah, only the live version. The studio version <laughs> is literally half the speed of the live version, and it's very boring. <laughs> Whereas the live version is like the embodiment of drugs. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. The dr- embodiment of musical talent mixed with drugs in like 1970s Netherlands or something. I don't know. It's great. Yeah. It's like if you mix LSD with turtlenecks, you get that song. <laughs> <laughs> and also iOS. <laughs> exactly. So other really big beats in his life. I don't want to go like because this this will take approximately three hours if I go down the entire uh, Wikipedia page. Hey, we got time. Fi- founding Pixar is a huge one. Oh yeah, he, he's got to he's got to sing a song about like Toy Story. Yeah, I just love me some toys. Gotta make a movie. Make a movie with computers and toys. There, yeah. there it is, right there. <laughs> and and um you know then we got then then you know he gets fired from apple uh and that's like that's kind of like one of your first down downtrodden songs since he was an orphan you know uh-huh. oh yeah uh, yeah 
but then he then he then he get, goes back to Apple and and begins his sort of think different advertising campaign and makes that that beautiful uh, colorful iMac. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, will man. Justin Long play himself in those? <laughs> oh man, and John yeah, Hodgman. Justin Long will make a, a straight cat cameo in this for sure. I think Justin so, Long and John Hodgman should play like a, a couple that Steve Jobs is friends with. <laughs> but just not the 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 whole spokesman thing isn't no, in this movie. No. They're they're just a couple. Just a that couple. would be pretty fun. Because John Hodgman is incredible. Uh yeah, he's really delightful. He's a delightful person. He uh he's been on a couple episodes of one of my favorite podcasts, uh Comedy Bang Bang, and he's just hilarious and very He has his own his own podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh what is it? Judge John Hodgman, yeah, Judge which John is extremely Hodgman. good. Judge Sean Hoffman. Anyway, but don't don't check those out because no, yeah, you our, should only be listening to our podcast. Really, that our would, podcast is the only podcast that would count as cheating on our podcast. You have to be faithful. <laughs> anyway, uh, then you know, there's obviously you know he 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 just conquers the world. He he makes the iPhone. He makes the iPod. He makes the iPad. Um, and then you know. The ending, spoiler alert, it gets kind of dark. Sure does. Um, he gets diagnosed with pan- pancreatic cancer. Uh, don't know if I should include the detail that he decided to like forego any treatment and just do like homeopathic stuff. Well, but okay, I was could could I pitch a song title for this portion of the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I O S O S. And the Jonas Brothers will sing that one. <laughs> this is an iOS OS. Uh, yeah, Jonas Brothers in conjunction with ABBA. Don't they have a song called SOS? The Jonas Brothers. Sure. Oh, yes. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure they do. Um, well, so, so the, as, as to the, the homeopathic thing, um, there, there are a couple, I think, of very interesting parts of his life that you have not yet touched on and that probably aren't on his Wikipedia page that you may or may not want to include. Uh, one of them being that at like one of his first jobs, uh, uh, his employer forced him to, to work the night shift because he was, he was so stinky that, that the people who worked on the day shift <laughs> couldn't stand to work with him. Because he had this obsession with like only eating fruit and never bathing, <laughs> <laughs> and that that carried on like throughout his life. Uh, and he uh, had a diet that was like almost entirely fruit uh, because he thought that it would it meant that he never have would have to bathe. Um, but in reality, so no wonder it, he named his company Apple. Jeez, yeah, right. <laughs> But in reality, it just, it just meant that he was like a really, really stinky dude. Um, there could be like this really great scene where he's like, I love fruit. I love fruit. What should we call our computer company? Banana. No. Orange. Mangosteen. <laughs> no. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> oh, man. That would be really good. Yeah. So so I don't know if you want to include that that stinkiness thing maybe but. not the stinkiness i mean it won't be this musical won't be in smellovision so <laughs> you could include it but just it won't it won't make it to the list the audience's nostrils unless his you make denial songs of it. his daughter is also pretty interesting yes yes that's and that's, that's also that's the one of the most that, problematic things 
he has a brilliant sister who he didn't know about until pretty late in life, but she's like a very successful novelist, Mona Simpson. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I heard about that. He he has some very there's some interesting cross cross stories in his story. Yeah. For sure. The thing about Steve Jobs is that he's a complicated figure because he yeah. was he was in many ways mostly marketing ways a genius but also kind of a monster. <laughs> and I think but that, I, that's why he's such a good subject for a musical true. because musical numbers can be incredibly introspective. True. True. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean if we're going to if we're going to talk about like how how I would do this musical um to 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 do that justice. I think I think I probably wouldn't whitewash him obviously and I I would Good. I would maybe I, I mean but it would be kind of lighthearted but like not in 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 a way to like trivialize the ways in which he was problematic. I just think that he's going to be there's going to be moments where he is he comes off as as kind of an, a not super self-aware nut. Yeah. who's kind of damaging people around him, yeah. you know. I, I think um, that's fair because that I'm sure is the way that he was is that he was kind of just like he's a bit of a space case and <laughs> it was just in his own little world, which also yeah. is lends itself very well to to a musical. Yeah, and it, it, it'll 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 be very very weird and 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 funny, but also there there will be there will be heartbreak for sure. And and I, d- I definitely don't want him to be the the main singer of every single song that we're you know we're gonna get some Wozniak songs. Maybe maybe his daughter will get a song. You know his his wife will get get a song because there are, you know there are a lot of people that that were around him that it couldn't have been easy for. Um, very true. And they'll 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 get they'll get their due. For this sure. is also a good move because you've got a franchise already, the Tim Cook musical. <laughs> it, yeah, it'll just Timmy. write itself after this. <laughs> yeah, with uh with Tim uh Tim Apple. T- <laughs> Tim Allen. Oh Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I want to hear Tim Allen sing, to be honest. Who's oh Tim Curry? That's who I was thinking. Tim Tim Curry would actually be Tim pretty, Curry would be incredible, but he bears no resemblance to Tim I, 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 Tim Cook. I'm afraid but like, that I, I think he he passed. Oh, did he? I think so. Oh, Tim Curry. I could be I could be wrong, but I think he passed of cancer. I, oh. I'm gonna look that up. Well, Tim, wherever you are, please please come back down to earth. I, and I'm sorry. Do my musical. That's not true. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't die. Give me a scare there, Jacob. He's in very poor health, but he he's alive. Oh no. He's All right, well I don't want to force anything on him. His final role. Not his final role, his comeback role. True. We'll just we'll sign a contract with him that's contingent on him getting better when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what do you think, guys? I that's that's about all I got. I think I think that was great. You, yeah, let's ship it. Yeah, you've had a few non-shippers uh, recently. <laughs> yeah, this is my first ship in a very long time. Been on a bit of a cold time. streak, but uh, you warmed it right up with this one. I feel like the kid in a like the the ins- the most inspirational kid in a in a sports movie who's like scores the final basket and is like kind of confused, you know? <laughs> you're, yeah, you're the, as people lift them over his shoulders. The Rudy of or his another, his shoulders. Another analogy could be: you feel like a kid who is working on a test that he wasn't really prepared for, but <laughs> for some reason he has the Wikipedia page open with all the answers right there for him. 
That would be a very good analogy. Uh, yeah, let's ship it. Oh, man. Thanks, guys. There was some great singing in there, too, Well, I appreciated that. There was. Thank you. We'll see how that turns out in, in post. But, I, I, you know. I might have to ask you to sing some of the, the songs in my pitch, too. Absolutely. I'm all warmed up now. Excellent. Let's hear it, Jacob. All right. So my pitch is for a, a bit of a non-traditional musical. Um, so it's not going to be the musical in the sense that they're going to be necessarily like songs, <laughs> songs. <laughs> <laughs> there will be songs, uh, but they, it's it, William Shatner is the only <laughs> <God>. <laughs> the Ben folds William Shatner movie. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm pitching. Uh, Star Trek, the musical. No. Um, so my film is set at, uh, Juilliard. Ooh. Okay. So we uh, we open on a study group, uh, a study group with four students in it, um, and these these students are obviously Juilliard students. But it turns out that they're uh, they're at Juilliard not because of their their musical talents, but because uh, Juilliard has been in the a dystopian future has been forced to offer uh, athletic scholarships. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes timely so <laughs> yeah seriously are these people actually playing the sports they are playing the sports but were they admitted through scandal no this has nothing to do with the with the college admission scandal absolutely oh. nothing i don't want my pitch to be sullied by that except that there definitely are going to be characters in the movie that did pay their way in um but not these four these these four are, are a ragtag group and they are the uh, the four members of Juilliard's mixed doubles uh, badminton team. <laughs> nice. And have all been admitted on badminton scholarships. Um, the most popular NCAA sport. What should be the most popular NCAA sport. I think we can all agree on that. I'm a big April Madness fan. <laughs> that's That's when they have their big tournament. Either, yeah, it's April now. It used to be in December, but uh, they recently moved it to April, so it could be more in the in the prime time. <laughs> and so they could compete directly with the beginning of the baseball season and the <laughs> beginning of the NBA playoffs. It's all about drafting. It, so you know? in this universe, will, will there no longer be baseball because it lost out to badminton? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, baseball... Is a thing of the past. All the all the baseball players realize that baseball is a super dangerous sport because of the possibility of getting hit in the head and getting concussions. Uh, strangely, football still a thing. So apparently, they didn't get the memo. Yeah, they all demanded to get as the same amount of money as Mike Trout, and then they were forced to quit because yeah, they all went on a strike, and the owners were just like, you know what, uh, we're abandoning this sport and going to badminton because badminton is is the future. And the players were like, dang, our, our bluff just got called hardcore. Uh, and so, yeah, that'll be a, a subplot in the movie is all a bunch of Major League Baseball players living a new life. A couple of them will yeah. be professors at, at Juilliard. At one point, these four will go to Denny's for a Grand Slam <laughs> and Mike Trout will serve Mike them. Mike Trout will serve them. <laughs> uh, another one of the servers... He'll well, be a actually, franchise owner. They'll find out that yeah, they'll love the Grand Slam so much that they'll go into the kitchen and the the cook will be a team of Fernando Tatis and Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis being the only person to hit uh I think the only person to hit two Grand Slams in one inning. 
Yeah. Oh, and man. I, but I suppose in this world it won't be called a Denny's Grand Slam anymore. It'll be a Denny's Birdie Slam. <laughs> <laughs> Denny's, Denny's is kind of a, a, like a late adopter of most things, so they'll still be calling it a Grand Slam, but most people won't order it because they have no knowledge of what yeah, it's, it no longer has any cultural <laughs> significance. They'll think it's a tennis thing. Tennis being the the sister sport of badminton. But anyway, digression over. We're back at Juilliard uh, in this study group with the four badminton players. Um, and we find out that these, these four badminton players, uh, although they're star athletes, they are horribly bullied uh, for being uh, athletes uh, by all the other Juilliardians. Oh, no. Misfits. They're, they're a bunch of, they're a real bunch of misfits. Not just a bunch of jocks, you know, bunch of jocks. Exactly. Uh, and these, these musicians just have no respect for them because not a, one of them can carry a tune. So they are, uh, they're studying for a, a music is exam that's coming up because everybody <laughs> at Juilliard has to take, uh, I guess that's also an acting thing. They're they're part of the music conservatory though. The music conservatory has been forced to offer academic scholarships, uh, but also the athletes have to take music exams. So they're studying and studying and studying away, and it's just not going very well. So they decide to to take a break and go practice some volleyball or. <laughs> Oh no! Why would they be doing that, Jacob? Uh, What I meant to say was go practice some some badminton, uh, which in this universe is sometimes called volleyball, because volleyball (laughs) has also been absorbed by big badminton, uh, which is slowly taking over the world. So they're they go to the gym and they're they're hitting the old birdie around and they're really uh, letting off some steam. Because they're they're pretty ticked off about this test coming up that, that none of them are prepared for, and uh, one of them gets gets a little too into things and just makes a wild shot and bam, hits the birdie and it flies uh, up onto the top of the bleachers. Oh uh, man! Because there it's a huge arena uh, for badminton, despite the fact that these are the only four members of the badminton team. So he hits this birdie further than anyone has ever hit a birdie before. Dare we say further than a birdie has ever been hit? Yes, uh, <laughs> because we know that like the top NCAA people, they're they're able to hit birdies really, really far, really far, and very hard. Um, but this is something like uh, they they really channel their energy into this into this one shot, and it goes off flying to the top of the bleachers, and so they have to go, they have to go find it, and so one of them. Uh, goes up there and this is uh her name is her name is mona lisa felicia felicia her name is felicia Ooh, i like it her name is is mona lisa felicia mona lisa felicia <laughs> <laughs> could you be played by felicia day uh if i knew who that was oh okay yeah i she, just violated- she's a bit old right she she's in uh, oh, Doctor yeah, Horrible, yeah. No, isn't I, she? I, I know, she's the she's the main protagonist and woman uh, love interest in Doctor Horrible's Sing Along. You're you're a hundred percent right. Um, she seems a bit old she, for a NCAA athlete. She's a little old. She is. Uh, she's just about forty. So <laughs> we're we're not All gonna right. we're not gonna cast her. I um 
who we are going to cast is, man, I really. Selena Gomez. I'm having a hard time. Um, Amanda. What's her name? Amanda. What's her name? Uh, uh, Amanda Seyfried? No, it's Am- Amanda, Amanda Bynes. Stenberg? Amanda Bynes. Uh, Amanda Bynes is surely older than... <laughs> I think you should <laughs> cast Amanda Stenberg, man. Amanda Stenberg? Who yeah, she person? played she played Rue in The Hunger Games. <laughs> All right. Is she good at singing? She's what else a is singer she now, in? too. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Okay, Amanda... Se- although her name is very hard to say... Amanda Stenberg is going to play uh, Mona Lisa Felicia. And she goes up to the top of the bleachers because they got to get this birdie back for some reason, uh, even though this is a, like a multi-million dollar uh, business badminton. Uh, they only have one birdie. It's their special practice uh, birdie. Could I inquire about something? Sure. So I, I know you said this is an unconventional musical, but there's been no music mentioned so far aside from the well, fact I think that we they're might the get traditional a, music school so we might get a trademark jacob twist here in a second uh well that introduces the music sure we, like we i was hoping that. there would be a song already called like shuttle jocks with shuttle cocks or something <laughs> uh if this was a traditional musical i would jump all over this idea but as i mentioned luke this is a non-traditional musical uh, okay, I'm sorry for my impatience. You're just gonna have to let me get get to the musical part of this musical. Uh, it will happen. I promise that. Um, so, Mona Lisa Felicia goes to get this birdie, which is is nestled at the at the very top of the bleachers, and uh, she gets up there and finds that it's it's underneath one of the seats, and so she she has to go down and and rummage around under the seat to find the birdie. And as she's rummaging, her hand hits upon a dusty tome. A dusty tome? Uh, of a dusty, aged, uh, dog-eared tome. And she's like, huh, that's not a, that's not a birdie. Uh, a birdie is small. This dusty tome is dusty and large. But it's a dusty tome, which is an inherently very interesting thing. Yeah. So she pulls it out. And emotionally drained from both the studying and the the badminton, she sits down and starts looking at it. And she realizes that it's uh, not only a dusty tome, not only an old dusty tome, but some kind of ancient, crazy uh, tome. That's in a modern stadium? That has somehow come to exist on the bleachers. Oh, okay. man. Of a stadium. Almost as You're if... You're saying it's like a, some sort of arcane spell book or something. Well, that's exactly what it is. Oh! <laughs> that is precisely what it is. So she's reading up there for a little while, and her friends slash study group uh, partic- co-participants slash teammates uh, are getting impatient because they don't have a birdie, and they're just standing there with, with rackets feeling like idiots. So they're like, Mona Lisa, what's going on up there? And she's like, yo, I I found this book. It is very old. It is quite dusty and seems to contain a bunch of arcane spells. This is some good dialogue. (laughs) I'm glad you've thought this out. That's directly what they'll be saying, yeah. And uh, her friends are like, "Uh, can we see it or something? And she's like, yeah. Nice. (laughs) Ooh. 
<laughs> getting shivers. Slow down, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> so, so, so she brings the dusty tome down to the badminton court. And uh, I should have mentioned that it's the middle of the night because they were they're studying up late and all worried about this. So it's it's the middle of the night, and I guess that wasn't necessarily the time to introduce that, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the the bring... whole scene shifted from day to night in my imagination. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can make that reveal at any time because they're they're indoors, so we won't know until they leave. That's true. At, at this point, so that they all sit Apropos down. Apropos of nothing, someone's just like, you know, it's nighttime right now. <laughs> no, you know, what will happen is that they sit down and they start looking over this book. And there will be one of those classic shots where there's a window. And uh, the moon is framed in the window. The moon. No, it, it is day at the beginning of the shot. And then there's like a time lapse uh, shot. And then suddenly it's starry out. I like it. So that's nice. that's what happens. And they've spent they spent a good long time looking at this at this dusty tome. So is that because their jock brains don't know how to read good? Yeah. They they're all struggling mightily. Uh they're like they've made it through three they pages. Made it, they've made it partway <laughs> through the first page. And they What sort of information <laughs> have they been able to extrapolate from this thing? Uh one of one of the other badminton players whose name is uh Brock McJockman uh, <laughs> is reading out loud, and he's like, uh, I think this is a spell book. <laughs> and he's played by Ed Sheeran, right? <laughs> you know what? Because Ed Sheeran was shot down uh, in our last episode, or one of our last episodes, Ed Sheeran, sure. Yeah. Ed Sheeran yes. plays Brock McJockman. He's going to have to put on a good 50 pounds of muscle for this, though. Uh, you can wear a muscle suit. Or wear, wear a muscle suit. That'll probably work too. Uh, so Ed Sheeran has deduced, or Brock McJockman has deduced that it's a spell book. And so there, there's one member of this this crew that's actually like kind of smart, and for some reason they haven't been the one reading because they're like, ah, dusty tomes, not interested. And so <laughs> they've been off to the side, like hitting a birdie doing the, the classic hitting the birdie up in the air as many times as they possibly can. Um, and Everyone's favorite game. Everyone's favorite game. And they finally reach 1,000 and have lost patience with the game. So they're like, oh, yo, what's going on? And Brock McJockman's like, duh, I think this might be able to... <laughs> we might be able to use this spellbook for our advantage. And uh, uh, Mr. McS- best supporting actor, <laughs> Mr. Ed Sheeran, Mr. McSmarty Pants, uh, is like, hey, uh, I can like read Latin and stuff, so uh, let me have a look at that uh, because also it's written in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> They've been studying it for hours. What is with this? They're trying. I recognize the letters, but I can't make any sense of the words. That's why it's taken them so long. They've been trying to sound out the words, and they they think that it's just because they're so stupid. It's like they're pretty self aware, stupid people. So they're like, you know, we realize that we only made it into Juilliard, this this advanced college, because of our brawn and uh, badminton skills. But uh, the the smart one, whose name is. Uh, Let's see. Her name is uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Um, <laughs> speaks happens to speak Latin, and so she's like, "I I could 
I could figure out uh, maybe a way to like do some sort of incantation to make us all smart. And uh, Brock <laughs> McJockman's like, oh, duh, that would be incredible. And that's the last <laughs> time I'm going to use that voice because it's very stupid. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, that actually is kind of a spoiler. Because, okay, so they, they make a long story, story short. They, they figure out that one of these uh, spells in the book is some sort of a cult thing that'll summon a demon. And despite uh, the fact that that's just generally a bad idea, they're pretty desperate to pass this test because the stakes are high. Uh, they're going to be deemed academically ineligible for the upcoming National Badminton Tournament. Uh, oh, no. If, if they don't pass this test, which we find out at this point, we didn't know that up until that point. So we, we didn't, we didn't know how high the stakes really were. So they decide to, uh, they decide to summon a demon and they up and do it. And, uh, this demon pops up from the badminton court and tells them, uh, I can give you what you want, but you will pay a price. And Mona Lisa Felicia is having none of it. Um, she's just like, okay, can you make us all like really good singers or something so that we can pass this music test that is a, a practicum test where we have to have to sing something really nicely? <laughs> Which makes it weird that we were studying for it because it's not really something Juilliard. that you would traditionally study for. It's more like something that you would that you would practice for. Yeah. Classic, classic Juilliard. Classic Mona Lisa move. And so the demon's like, well, you've made your request. Now you will have to live. Oh, I was doing a demon voice before. You have made your request. Now you will pay the price for what oh, you I'm have definitely. asked for. Yeah, for the second time of getting the shivers. Uh, be prepared to be shivering for the rest of this pitch because things are about oh. to get chilling. Oh, my. Oh, man. But not really that chilling. So the uh, the demon uh, vanishes in a in a plume of fire and smoke, and the four of them are just standing there. And at first, they don't notice anything is different about them. But then they all start to feel kind of kind of ill, like kind of like maybe their their internal organs are like starting to catch on fire or something. Oh no! Uh, oh, which is not a good feeling to have. Um, and they're like, huh, that's not a good thing to be happening to us. <laughs> uh, maybe we should do something about this. And they're like, what can we do? And one of them's like, well, you wished for a beautiful singing voice. So maybe we should try to sing. And so, uh, Ed Sheeran starts singing Brock McJockman. And what he belts out is the most beautiful, uh, screamo metal Vocal solo <laughs> that the world has ever heard. Um, and immediately he starts he starts feeling better. And so he's like, everybody start singing. If you start singing, then your organs will no longer shut down. And so they all start uh, singing in a, a beautiful chorus of songbird-like beauty. And they sing in the Do they sing. all sing in metal metal voices? No. Ed the Sh ultimate <laughs> twist of fate. Ed Sheeran sings in a metal voice. Uh, Mona Lisa Felicia it has a beautiful operatic soprano. Uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci is uh, 
is scatting like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the previously aforementioned fourth member, uh, he uh, he just he just like he's dropping funky funky beatboxing beats. Um, <laughs> oh. So they they all have their their own little talents, and uh, somehow this this beautiful cacophony uh, works together. And so they they're making <laughs> beautiful music on the badminton court. And you see the relief wash over their face as they realize that uh, they're going to pass this test. So the so they sing and they sing and they sing and they sing, uh, but then they then they stop singing. And immediately when they stop singing, their organs start to to flare up again. Oh no! And what they realize with a creeping sense of dread is that unless they sing constantly, they'll be in horrible pain and possibly die. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the manifestation of this this demon's monkey paw like uh wish granting is that uh they have to sing forever or their their souls will be consumed and their organs will burn into nothingness. So how does this unfold? Um so th- this unfolds in that uh they all basically have to stay up the whole night uh, while they're preparing yeah. for the exam because they they try to drift off to sleep, but their organs just, they're, they're burning up and that is no way to sleep. Um, one of them takes a bunch of uh, Ambien and does, uh, the, the previously aforementioned one takes a bunch of like sleep aids so that he can get some, he can get some rest before the exam and oh, no. he spontaneously combusts. Oh no. And, uh, it's a big bummer. And the, the other three are, uh, they just keep singing. They just keep singing and singing and they make it to the exam the next day. And none of them had any sleep, but they managed to, they managed to pass the exam. The day after the exam is the national badminton championship. Oh, (laughs) none of them get any sleep the night before that. And they're all singing, uh, right up until the moment of the, the championship. And now keep in mind, I just realized that I've killed off one of their one of the partners, so that's an issue. Oh, so they have to get, they have to get a singer to to take their. They place. They do have to get a singer to take their place, and they decide to give the singer the dusty tome book, <laughs> <laughs> and they force them to do an incantation and force them to wish <laughs> to be an amazing badminton player. Their singing was Man. so beautiful. They were very, very convincing. <laughs> they were very. They're convincing. they're really shitty people. <laughs> they are. Turns sh- out, turns out they're really <laughs> shitty people. And so they, yeah, they uh, they turn this this singer into a badminton player. Little does that badminton player know he's going to spend the rest of his life playing badminton. And so that character you see slowly go. So the days and weeks pass. They win the national championship. That's a side. That's a side note. They do. They do a great <laughs> job, even though they're singing and weirding everybody out. Um, but the days and weeks, <laughs> they like, they throw the other team way off their game because they're just singing. Exactly. They, they really In such a crazy mixed cacophonous style. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. Um, and so, yeah, days and weeks pass the badminton player eventually, uh, at first just hits badminton birdie up in the air a bunch of times with the racket, uh, to keep playing badminton so that his organs don't explode and die. But, and so he gets like super strong in one arm but there's only so long that a person can play badminton before they have to sleep. And at one point he passes out and boom, he's gone too. No! 
he's he's dead. so they all just die. Um, yeah, there was going to be a lot more to this pitch. Like there is going to be some some like situations where they're being chased by people, but uh, this pitch is gone. Like I spent way too much time on the early part of this, so I don't think no, we have time it, for that. Sometimes less is is more. All of your really great Ed Sheeran dialogue, kind of. Yeah, that. Sometimes less is that more. put it over the top. Yeah, so uh, I have to ask. Yeah, do you remember in tenth grade when the two of us had to play each other in the gym class badminton championship, and both of our partners were gone that day? <laughs> I don't remember that. And I had a like sprained ankle, so I was playing with an ankle brace, and you just you just destroyed me. <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel any better, I probably would have destroyed you even if you didn't have the ankle brace. Yeah. yeah. That was that is one of a few sports that I'm above average at. I was You're the also Sultan gonna, of SWAT. I'm the Sultan of of I'm the Sultan of I was gonna say the Sultan of Cock, as in sh- as in sh- <laughs> shuttle cock. But yeah. You're the cock king. Like the, That's uh, got a good it's got a good ring to it. <laughs> The gift of cock. Yes, that, that's exactly what. It, yeah, that's what I have. Uh, but yeah, so so eventually, in in my pitch, everybody dies, um, which is sad. But I just I don't have the time or energy to to tell the rest of what was a very loosely construed story as it was. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think all all the audience members will be pouring one out for Leonardo <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> she, I, she was the best of them, really. She had the brains I and think, the brawn. I, I think the what you've laid out for us is something I was very slightly considering when thinking about what I was going to do for this episode. Because I think the idea of a horror, like a horror musical, yeah, seems seems really really sweet. Yeah, of course, this will be like more of like a a grueling like. <laughs> endurance affair because they'll be singing constant like the song will never end it'll just be constant wailing singing to try to escape the horrible uh bind of their fate that you know? is that is the the horror of a reality of never being able to stop to sing it's still it's so it'll still be horror. yeah it'll be almost like the the 127 hours of, of musicals or something similar yeah. similar like grueling vibe <laughs> my my initial idea was to do a horror musical and the the plan that i had going into this pitch was a little more horror-y but i think i just got caught up in in the beginning so i i didn't do the the full idea justice but but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna step aside and ship what it is if it's shippable i totally I, ship I, it definitely shippable okay it's yeah. like a a modern day red shoes ballet where the the wearer of the red shoes can't stop dancing. Oh yeah. Yes. That's something that I knew about before just now. Me too. <laughs> and uh I think that culturally that will connect with a very wide audience. You get the young people who love badminton, you get the old people who love ballet. And pickleball, which is close to badminton. You get all of the Game of Thrones fans who love Ed Sheeran. <laughs> You got all the Hunger Games fans who love Rue. Yeah, you're, you're going to be pleasing everyone with this film. Uh, I'm it's glad definitely to hear it. something we should ship off. Glad to hear it. All the people who really like Dr. Horrible who thought Felicia Day is in this film and got some tickets. 
Felicia Day <laughs> is actually uh, she'll be the music professor that they have to do this this singing practicum for. Nice. Ooh. Or she could be the demon. Felicia Day will. Uh, no, she won't play the demon. Okay. She's not demonic enough. The uh, the demon will be played by Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> the only man for the job. Oh man. Well, I think we got three strong musicals out of this one. Well, we got not a stinker in the bunch. That's debatable. We had two very strong musicals and one uh intro to a possible horror musical. Hey man, I I I can see it. I I can see there being a lot of good musical jump scares. Sure. I can see you know, you 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 painted a whole word picture in my head of of the the horrors to come with your extremely rich and Ed Sheerany dialogue laced intro. It may not have been a picture, but it sure was a thousand words. I mean, <laughs> I'm mostly just intrigued to see how metal, scat, beatboxing, and opera blend. Well, I think that's going to be it's going to be a journey for my ears, and you'll have they're to, on board. You'll have to check out that film when it opens up. April 2023. As always, thank you for listening. You can find us in your app of choice or at pitchhunt.org. We're on social too. Those handles are at pitch underscore hunt. And where can they email us, guys? You can email me at will at pitchhunt.org. You can email me at jacob at pitchhunt.org. Mine is luke at pitchhunt.org. Or if you just want to reach us all, you can email us at info at pitchhunt.org. Yeah. Send us lots of email. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us how we could have done better. Tell us how we couldn't have done better. Write me some some songs from a musical. Give my musical an actual Write me some haikus that are unrelated to the podcast. Write me some dialogue from my songs to go between my between my songs and most importantly stay pitchy my friends stay pitch perfect pitch a ditch bye bye